Hi, welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I have Yulika Foreman. She has her PhD. She is a licensed mental health counselor. Yulika specializes in autism and co-occurring conditions, as well as IEPs, parent coaching, and the coaching of neurodiverse adults. Yulika, I met her by following her on Instagram, and I actually have found her post to be so intelligent and so thoughtful. And so I reached out to her and I was telling her earlier, I really find joy in connecting people within the autism community. And so I felt like she was one that you would definitely want to connect with. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, truly. So Yulika, I'm just going to jump right into this, which is, I feel the passion that you have for what you do. Every day that I read your posts, I think she really not only is educated and intelligent, but I can feel the passion behind it. And I'm wondering, where did that come from? <laughs> well, thank you so much for your kind words, first of all. I'm blushing here a little bit. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think it goes, it's a little bit of a long story. It, it goes back when I was doing my PhD and I worked on a couple of sort of research slash clinical projects in Eastern Europe. And I was interested in qualitative research. So as I was um, working in Ukraine specifically in this uh, school for um, children with different disabilities, um, including autism, um, I was interviewing parents. That was sort of my own side um, project to write a paper. And mm -hmm. I was going into their homes, meeting their children and speaking to them. I speak Russian so we could really connect very easily. And they spoke Russian in that part of Ukraine, those families. And I was just so affected by how committed they were, um, you know, to, to their children, the connection they had, um, the efforts that they had to make you know, in the country that they lived in and in those conditions that was um, back in probably 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. And they did not have um, a lot of resources. And I also did my dissertation research in Russia. And I also interviewed, I think, almost 30 families. And I work, worked at an agency there that serves um, children with very severe disabilities who actually do not have community-based um, services for available for them anywhere else except for that agency. And mm -hmm. so through that work um, and going to courts with those families and going to a lot of state sort of offices with those families, it just really, I, I felt very connected to, to that community and, and, and to those families. And when I came back and I graduated and uh, I had my own family and I was thinking about what I'm going to do, I mm -hmm. found out that there is this um, profession of special education advocate. I didn't know about it, but I found out. And I realized that I have a lot of skills that are required for that job. I have the education. Mm -hmm. I have the clinical background. I have a lot of experience working with families. I did work in schools as a therapist as well. After I graduated with my master's, um, I have gotten training in special education law. And it was just for me an opportunity to do something that felt important and that I felt I had a lot of skills for and I could use all my skills in that work. And as I started that work, I also realized that this is something that I can 
you know, it, it might sound modest, but I felt like I'm doing well in it. And mm-hmm. I can understand those families. I can hear their voice. I can deliver that voice to the school and I can make that conversation effective and efficient and productive. And mm-hmm. it just, it felt very good. And I started feeling also hearing from families that, you know, they feel that I understand their children, I understand them and I understand their children. They would just say, you just get it. And to me, that was very important because when I see these children misunderstood, I don't know exactly, I didn't have a rational explanation for why, but it just drives me crazy when these children go to schools and people who work with them do not understand how these children work, you know, how they mm-hmm. how they tick and why they're seeing behaviors they're seeing and why these children are struggling and what is actually helpful for them and what is not helpful for them and what is harmful for them. And thinking about these families sending their kids to schools every day when they don't feel comfortable and confident, maybe about the situation that their children are in. So if I can help in that process, it's a very, very powerful thing. And then, you know, also got into coaching from there, but I don't know if you want me to keep talking. In this <laughs> oh, I love what you've shared. I just, as I'm listening, I feel the word I would use to describe you is a bridge. You're a bridge between communities. You connect people and you're able to, you're able to see the needs and meet the challenge and find how to get these children and these families, the resources that they need to be successful in their lives. And I think it's just beautiful. What I love is it sounds like it has just come. Well, first of all, what I'm hearing is you're an ongoing learner. It seems like you really love to learn and to study and to educate yourself. And, but what I think is really special about that is you're taking what you have learned and you're teaching others. And like I said before, I don't mean to go back to it, but I follow you on Instagram and which actually, for those of you that are listening, she's, you can find her under the expert ally and you will not, you will not regret following her because the things, the way you share it is so understandable to anyone that reads it. And I think that's part of the key of unlocking this world for others, because if I didn't have to autistic children, I don't think I would fully understand. And so I feel like I would need to find people who could help me understand and you would be one of those people. And so I love that you shared your experience and that I can connect with the why and where that passion comes from. So thank you so much. So one of the things that you do, and I think this is something you started to talk about coaching how you coach. So I was going to ask you, how do you help parents and also you help neurodiverse uh, adults navigate their different experiences? What is that like and what does it look like? Well, it's a huge question. (laughs) because Mm -hmm, That is. (laughs) Families come to me with different questions and situations and needs. And uh, so do neurodivergent or neurodiverse adults. Uh, I work with autistic adults, adults who have ADHD, and uh, also many co-occurring conditions. So it, it, it really grew out of my special education advocacy practice when families 
why was an advocate for started asking questions about how to parent their children. And I realized that there is need for that um, because standard parenting advice doesn't work. And no. um, to provide this kind of support, you know, I'm not, I don't provide advice, but to provide that kind of support, you need to understand autism. Um, because if you are going to brainstorm strategies or even just how parents understand behaviors, you have to understand those children's behaviors and challenges and difficulties, because that's what you usually talk about in coaching. You don't talk about what works and what's great about kids, right? And what these parents mm -hmm. love about these kids. You do talk about that a little bit, but this mm -hmm. is not why people come to coaching. So you have to understand the, all that through an autism lens, not just as a typical child. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I might need to ask you to make your question a little bit more specific because I think it's hard to answer this question very generally. You know, I could speak sure. about the coaching paradigm or the coaching mm -hmm. process as a process. I could speak mm. more about kind of issues that people come to me with. Or the kind I of think process. that's what, that is, that's a good point. It was a very broad question. So I think what I really would want to know is what kinds of struggles are these individuals coming to you with? What are they coming and saying, I really need help with this? Um, are there some common themes that you are coming across for people that are coming to you? Well, I don't think that I can just over the top of my head say that there are common themes. Sure. You know, I just think that there are so many unique situations and sometimes they're more related to the special education and sort of what mm -hmm. kind of therapies are we getting, what kind of help do we need. Um, and, and then other times it is more related to specific situations that occur in a family, you know, sometimes, yeah, I'll just give a few examples if that's all right. You know, yes. Parents don't feel like they can connect to their child. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is a very bad place to be for a parent, right? Because you just really have a lot of doubts and a lot of sort of bad feelings about mm -hmm. who you are as a parent when it happens. And it's not great for the child either. So how do you, you know, find the ways to connect? And a lot of times it involves sort of a change in a paradigm shift in a parent from bringing the child into your world and connecting on your terms to joining your child and finding out what is important for your child and then joining your child in these things that are important for them and mm -hmm. starting at that point and creating a connection there. And that is a lot of times a, a paradigm shift in mm -hmm. not trying to sort of mold your child more into what you imagine, you know, human being is, who is a neurotypical human being, but sort of coming to more of an understanding of why your child is different. And mm -hmm. that all these behaviors, you know, all these things your child does or is interested in that are so confusing, you know, when you actually understand where they come from and that, that there is a reason for them and a valid mm -hmm. reason for them, it makes it much more easier to be accepting, to respond in a way 
that is actually helpful and supportive and connecting, right? Because mm -hmm. if you are responding in a way that's not helpful to the child, that is disconnecting. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those experiences can be very disconnecting and I think traumatic for both a parent and a child. So that would be sort of a very conceptual example. You know, there are some more specific mm -hmm. things like, you know, meltdowns. We have a lot of meltdowns. Um, sure. Hygiene is a big one, actually. Yep. You know, um, my child is is not doing hygiene. My child is, I want my child to have a summer job. You know, how do I... How do I do that? Um, a big issue, I think, for many parents is a line between, you know, how much do I support my child and do things for them? And how much of that, how, where, where does it cross into enabling and not encouraging yes. independence? I think that is, you know, maybe a common thread. And also the last one I'm going to say that I think is a common issue is, you know, my child is autistic. What can I require of them? What can I ask of them? What mm -hmm. kind of demands can I put on them? Is it fair that I will set boundaries for them and, and I will discipline them considering that they're autistic? Like where is the fair, the line of fairness? How do I figure that out? What is mm -hmm. respectful to their autism? How do I know? Also, what is autism? That is another actually common question. How do I know mm -hmm. what is autism and what is developmental? You know, I have an autistic teenager. What is the teenage stuff? And I can address it. What is mm -hmm. autism? And I have to respect it. Where is that? Yes. Line? Ooh, I've had that question myself. Maybe I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think, <laughs> I think that's a great question. And actually, I've worked with some clients who have asked some of those similar questions. And I feel like just what you said earlier, oftentimes we don't know where to go and we don't know who to talk to. And we're taking our children to their therapies to address their needs. And as the parent, we're standing on the side saying, I really need help too. And I really need to grasp this better. I really need to better understand. I, and I think that can be a really lonely, isolating place. So the fact that you are here and you can help guide parents through that, that, that is a critical need for us parents who are raising autistic children and really want the best for our children. And we want to show up in the best way that we can as the parent. So I appreciate that you're doing what you're doing. And I just, I guess I have one more question for you. And that is, this is kind of a broad question also, but there are a lot of parents that are out there struggling. There are a lot of autistic individuals that are out there struggling. And I guess I would ask you, what are some things that you might share that could bring comfort to their struggles? That's broad, I know. <laughs> well, so we are talking about sort of two different groups of people, right? We're we talking are. about parents mm -hmm. and we're talking about, well, we don't always talk about two different groups of people actually and we talk about parents and autistic adults because there are many mm -hmm. autistic adults who are also parents and have their own mm -hmm. challenges. So I have to catch sure. myself here. That's true. You know, I think that actually the best thing I can say 
is that the best way to find comfort, I think, for parents um, is mm -hmm. to connect to other parents and also to connect to the autistic community. Because I think what they can find there um, is the lived experience and the perspective of people who have been on a journey that their children are on. And a lot of times it's under different circumstances, right? Because, you know, some of these adults were born a couple of like few decades before ago. Yes. And the services were not there and the understanding was different. But also there are younger people who have recently have gone through schools, public schools and have been receiving services. And so I think it's a way to sort of see the kind of path that exists. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very comforting and helpful is to see the path forward. Because I think one of the scary things about receiving a diagnosis of autism for your child is that the path forward that you saw for your child before, even if it were not realistic and it was just imagined in your mind, but you could imagine sure. it. And now maybe you don't have that path and you can't imagine it anymore because mm -hmm. you don't know anything about mm -hmm. autism and what that path might look like. And I think that the best way to deal with that kind of experience is to show a parent that there is a path or many paths into the future. I think that is comforting. Um, I think time is comforting. You know, I think one thing I can say is that it is a learning curve. Mm -hmm. And in terms of a developing child, each child has a trajectory of progress. Each child is going to make progress. And I think that in itself is, is hopefully comforting. Now, mm -hmm. the kind of progress each child is going to make is different. You cannot predict it at the outset and you should not listen to anyone who says, mm -hmm. you know, your child will never do X or your child will never do Y because no one knows. But it is a long process. And I don't know if it's comforting or not, but I think having the right expectation it is not a matter of fighting this for a couple of years and your kid is going to be just like everyone else and of the IEP or of the 504. It's a matter of supporting your child and learning about them over time. But if you sort of take your time and you set it all up over the years, you will learn about your child and you will be mm -hmm. able to support your child and you will be able to see progress and progressively things do become more predictable because mm -hmm. as you have more years under your belt, you know, by the time your child is 11, 12, 13, you know so much about how they learn, where, you know, what's hard, what's easy, what are the strengths, what are the challenges and how their trajectory curve sort of looks like. It yes. becomes sort of more stable. You don't feel like you are in a vacuum mm -hmm. um, you have like yeah, like you are floating in space and you don't have any any you know way to orient yourself I think that's becomes much but, more grounded mm -hmm. so that's Ooh. for parents <laughs> I love that I think that was just spot on and I think it was a very eloquent way of saying how parents can meet their needs 
and the expectations when you were talking about um, not when you're looking into the future and what you thought you might have expected as opposed to now not knowing what to expect, that can be a little bit of a scary place to be. And mm-hmm. so I think you're right. Um, it takes time. It takes learning. It takes understanding, educating, getting to know your child better. So give yourself some grace and some time and um, follow your child's. I always say, follow the lead of the child <laughs> yes. and let that guide your course. And so I love that you said that now now we would switch gears and maybe talk about an autistic individual. Yes. So for autistic adults, you mean? Um, yes, I would yes. say that. You know, I think that the greatest source of comfort and help and support, I think, is the autistic community and finding sort of your place within that community because it's a very diverse community. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, you know, I'm not an autistic adult, but I imagine that that there are people you'd be more drawn to and people more that you are less drawn to. There are a lot of different views and perspectives, but generally connecting to this amazing community that thankfully exists and can provide um, a lot of things, support, friendship, information. Um, I think that another thing that I want to say is just from my coaching experience that I enjoy working with autistic adults so much Mm -hmm. and I am so often floored by things that I see that are so contradictory to the common sort of misperceptions that exist Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. we talk about lack of self-awareness or you know what do we talk about? <laughs> what do we talk about? And yes, I see is... people who are very insightful about themselves or they mm-hmm. are very motivated to develop insight about themselves who work mm-hmm. very hard or very interested in having friendships in having relationships in being able to find work and who are working on their own betterment very, very hard with results, mm-hmm. with outcomes. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is also a great source of comfort. And also that there are people who understand autism. There aren't too many services, unfortunately, for autistic adults. But it's true. some work, I think, it is mm-hmm. possible. And I think over the years, there's going to be more and more possible to find people who connect with autistic adults as clients as equals and not as experts who are looking down at them and telling them what to do, but people who listen to their experiences and believe their experiences and accept their experiences and help them work with those experiences rather than criticize, challenge, and diminish those experiences, which I think is a, like an anti- antithesis of helpfulness. That's not helpful. You know, what yes. is, you can only work for, from the place of listening to the person mm-hmm. and believing them. And I hope that that is something that each autistic adult can experience with at least someone in their lives and with more and more and more professionals. And I can see that in my work, I work very hard to provide that kind of space. Mm-hmm. And I think when that kind of space is available, 
I can see that it can do a lot for someone. Yes, I agree. And just as a parent, I would say my rule of thumb, (laughs) this is not a very intelligent way to put it, but I say to myself, shut your mouth and listen. (laughs) That's what I say to myself when my children show up and I maybe don't fully understand where they're coming from. That's okay. I just need to listen. And through listening, that actually creates an environment to better understand. But we have to take the time to be the listener and take a step back and say, I don't need to teach here. I will let my child teach me through their experience. And then I can work with them together. We become a team as opposed to me taking the form of, as you were saying earlier, I'm the professional, I'm the professional now learn from me. I don't think that that's helpful. I don't think that that is what people need. That's not what they're coming to you for. They need a listening ear and support and to feel understood and to feel noticed and recognized for who they are and where they're at. So I really appreciate what you've said. I really feel the connection that you have with the autism community and my heart is actually touched just from the way that you're talking and the way you see things. And I feel, I feel like, you know, in the future, if my daughter or my son are struggling, I will say, let's call Yulika and let's <laughs> set up an appointment with her and let's get this going. Because another thing I've also learned is our children listen better to work better with other adults sometimes than they do with their own parents. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That's true. And I thank you for what you said. Call me anytime. Um, I I wanted to add one thing, which I appreciated what you said about the bridge, creating a bridge. Mm -hmm. This is a reason I'm so committed to my Instagram account. When I started it, I wasn't sure what it would be, but Mm -hmm. what I why I'm so committed to it and why I started it is because I think that this perspective, and I'm not saying my perspective is perfect. I keep learning. You're also right that I'm a learner and I keep learning and sort of fine tuning what my perspective is, but sharing that because it's not common in the professional world, sharing Mm -hmm. that with any professional who wants to access it and Mm -hmm. also making information available to parents because a lot of times this kind of information, multidisciplinary from different disciplines, research-based, mm-hmm. clinically sound, is not available to parents unless they're willing to read academic books that are maybe 300 pages long, and maybe they don't have the time mm-hmm. and to read so many of them. So to mm-hmm. make that information available, because I think that if parents are exposed to this information and they have it and they become more demanding and critically thinking consumers of professional Mm -hmm. services, then that's, Mm -hmm. and also more informed and educated parents with sharing that kind of perspective of being supportive to their children and understanding that their wiring is different and the processing is different. And we Mm -hmm. have to be mindful of that and respectful of that, that that can also create change. And so I just wanted Mm -hmm. to put that information out into the world to bridge all these pieces. And some people also provide feedback that it helps bridge the autistic community with the parent community, which I think yes. is a very important 
thing as well. So I'm sometimes I step back and I watch my account and I go, wow, that is really cool. <laughs> it is. Put out there, but because of what uh -huh. everyone else brings into it. Well, that's a humble thing to say, but in all honesty, you look at what you're putting out is, is fantastic. It's very informative. It's very, like I said, I called you a bridge earlier and I'd say it again. It's a very, it's a way to build community as opposed to breaking it down. You're building community, you're creating community, you're connecting communities. Yes. So, and for those of you listening, I just want to remind you that you can find Yulika on Instagram at the expert ally. And I just highly recommend you click follow and then enjoy the experience. So thank you so much for being with me today. I truly appreciate your words of wisdom. And for those of you listening, I'm also on Instagram and you can follow me at navigating.the.spectrum. So thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle, it was a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure.